You're listening to Countdown to Eternity, online at countdown2eternity.com. This is the weekly ministry featuring well-known author and apologist Don Stewart and Pastor James Cadiz of Calvary Chapel Signal Hill. Together they examine current events and connect what's going on in our world to Bible prophecy. Here's Pastor James to set the table for today's talk. Well, hello, my dear brothers and sisters. I am excited because this is a very special episode of Countdown to Eternity, and we are excited to welcome you here. I am, of course, with the great Don Stewart, and we are in the midst of a time right now where there are some very evil people that are meeting in Switzerland and talking about developing the economy of the final Antichrist. They don't even know they're talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) And so there are a lot of pretty amazing uh, headlines going on. And I think we've got a lot to talk about. But before we do that, Don, how are you, bro? I'm doing fine, James. Doing really well. Things going fine. So looking forward to uh, this program. I want to bring people's attention for just a minute to uh, your website, educatingourworld.com, especially Mm -hmm. for our radio audience Um, I want you guys to know that you have an amazing resource there. Um, Even if you forget about Educating Our World, you don't remember that name, go to jamescadiz.com, and Dawn is the only outside featured website that is on my website. We want you guys to go there because you will find available for free tons and tons of resources that represent Dawn's life's work, and um, consider supporting him. Uh, because I think that um, there is never an ask for money and he's quick to make everything available to you. But we are getting a lot of questions in nowadays, especially in the last days in which we live. And Don has so graciously made all of his resources available for free. And he is tackling very aggressively some of the mistakes that are keeping people from actually seeing the truth. And the works are comprehensive. As a matter of fact, Don, you recently did an addition to the most recent work that you are compiling right now yep. that relates to Bible prophecy errors. Yep. This is an important work. You want to talk about this for a second? Yeah. Uh, actually, we're up to 200 pages now. There's, it's 40 common mistakes people make with respect to last day's Bible prophecy. And like I said, I probably made 20 of them in my early years as a Christian, James. So, <laughs> you know, so it's not that I'm pointing to figure it, but I had to learn the hard way when someone taught me, hey, you're wrong, Don. And so we just added a little bit more on number two about Christ is coming soon. Uh, evidently, there are some people out there that want to uh, come, I don't know, what's the right word, James? Come after me or want to you know, challenge me on what I said on that or something like that. But anyway, um, basically what I do, I, everything's in print. Everything's right there laid out for people. Here's what I believe. Here's what the scripture says. And here's what you do want to do. And here's what you don't want to do. And like I said, uh, it's a lot of it, mistakes that I'm making. Now, also, We've got another book will be coming out soon. It's on the book of Revelation, uh, chapters one through three. That's about 200 pages worth right now. And uh, boy, I've learned so much doing it. So uh, again, it's, it's all for for free. I give it for the people for its information basis so they can know what they believe, why they believe, and understand the Bible better. And I'm just glad to do it. But I do think you have a valid and a very important point, even when you talk about the phrase soon. Listen, I deploy the phrase Jesus is coming soon with some regularity, but oftentimes I'm very careful to preface making that statement 
with people having an understanding that soon does not refer to a very specific quantifiable time, that the goal that we need to have is to understand that there is an eminency issue that we're looking at, right? We're not, yep. listen, when people say soon, they use it oftentimes to deceive people into thinking that, well, Jesus is coming on this day and it's gonna happen in a week or a year or uh, it's, well, that's a very dangerous way of looking at things. And um, I think people have to be very careful. And it's really funny, you know, the average person that reads the material or listens uh, to us, are not the ones that have the most difficult time with what you're correcting. Where they have the most difficult time is the teachers, the, mm -hmm. <laughs> the guys that are Bible, because oftentimes they teach what's been handed down to them traditionally without really thinking through the mechanics of what's being said. And this is why God says that we have a greater responsibility upon us as teachers to make sure there is a stricter judgment involved there, right? Uh, mm -hmm. there is something more stringent, uh, deployed involved with those of us who use or employ certain phrases that people understand what that terminology actually means and what it should never mean. Um, and we've ran into this on a whole lot of levels with a whole <laughs> bunch of issues, which is why your work is so important. Well, thank you. So check out the new one is uh, number misconception or, uh, Problem number two, mistake number two of our 40 mistakes we've added um, because, uh, you know, a uh, rejoinder to people say, but doesn't Jesus say he's coming soon? Well, you have to understand what he meant by that in the context. Uh, what, what God soon and our soon are two different things. So we got to yes. be careful using the English word soon um, in the same sense that God did, because his his one day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. So anyway, but that no, is I'm very true. Yeah, that is very well taken. Absolutely. So we're excited. Yeah, it is exciting. And the work is great, Don. And I'm, I'm grateful to the Lord for you. I'm grateful for the gifts he's given you, the talent and the wisdom uh, that uh, he's given you to put on paper. And it has benefited a lot of people and will continue to benefit a lot Thank of people. You. So listen, we've got to focus on something here. I, I'm blown away with what is happening in the world today. I wanted to take a moment to play a video for you um, and this video is uh, shocking, in my opinion. Um, it, it's actually, in my opinion, astounding. It's beyond uh, a lot of people's comprehension to even, uh, I mean, really even, I guess the, the term is process. Uh, I, I, like, it's beyond my ability to be able to understand how and why uh, so many people actually feel okay about men like this who say things like this. And this is going to go back to the, the last days, the world in which we're living right now, the direction of the final Antichrist. I'm going to play this for you right now, Don, and I want to get your thoughts. Sure. Um, and for those of you that are listening on the radio audience, this is a man by the name of Yuval Harari, okay? He is one of the people that is featured right now at the World Economic Forum. He is an advisor to Klaus Schwab. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the timing of this video and why it's so critical that we actually pay attention to it. Now, I played the video in its entirety in a, um, in a video that I'll be releasing next week on YouTube. But I want to play part of this for you, Don, and I want you to tell me um, what say you, what you think, because... This is, in my opinion, astoundingly striking. Uh, I I'm mind blown 
by where he's going with this. So let's uh, listen to this. And he's making no apologies for what he says. Let me play this by him right now. That the next big projects of humankind will be to overcome old age and death, to find the keys, the secret to happiness, and to basically upgrade humans into gods. This is why the title Homo Deus, God-Man. And I don't mean it as a kind of literary metaphor. I mean it in, as in, in the literal sense that for thousands of years, humans have imagined gods in a particular way. They ascribed particular abilities and qualities to gods. And we are here in a church, and the walls are full of these descriptions of what God can do. And we are now seriously in the business of acquiring these traditional divine abilities and qualities to ourselves, uh, whether it's trying to overcome death and gain immortality, or whether it's gaining the ability to create and design life according to our wishes. In the Bible, in the book of Genesis... And by the way, he's going to go on to tell us, because we don't have time to play it in its entirety, he's going to go on to tell us how he believes that human beings will be able to achieve something that God can never achieve, in that God created organic things, yet man will be able to create things in, um, in the vein of virtual reality and so on and so forth. Let me play a little portion of that for you, which uh, is scary, but let me play it for you. We will not just gain the ability to create these organic beings that's been around for 4 billion years. We are in the process of learning how to create the, fir the first inorganic entities, inorganic beings uh, like artificial intelligence uh, that ever existed. So in this sense, it's, it's, it's a literal claim that humans are trying to upgrade themselves into gods. What say you, Don? That left me speechless. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the guy on stage there. For those that are that are listening on the radio, there's a guy on stage sitting there listening to him. And I'm thinking, uh, the guy's saying uh, to himself, this guy's out of his mind. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? Sitting that would be my response anyway. Uh, th this has been tried before, James. Don't Didn't we see something in the Garden of Eden about Satan <laughs> telling Adam and Eve, you could be just like God if you eat from this fruit? of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So uh, this is this is this is the, the lie at the beginning, isn't it? Yes. And what's scary about this and this is the part that I think will be shocking to a lot of people. This video right now is being played by several uh uh people in media and they are saying that this is Yuval Harari that is actually speaking at the World Economic Forum. They're wrong in that assertion. We did the fact checking on this video. This is a video, you ready for this? Mm. That was at an Intelligence Squared event, right? Mm -hmm. And this event was hosted on September the 5th, 2016. Whoa. There were guys talking about this stuff back then. And what people don't realize is these leftists have been in it for the long game. And God, in his sovereign hand, has been allowing this stuff to happen in preparation for the times in which we are watching right now. It's amazing how a guy like this did not gain the attention 
of the nation or the world at the time that he started saying these things. Yet right now, it would seem as though he's gaining a lot of traction. Uh, this goes to speak to a lot of things, and it is very interesting how God's timing is always perfect. Yeah, uh, I just wrote a couple things down. We're going to deal with old age and death. Well, the problem, pal, is God, you know, we're, we're a fallen race. And the moment we're born, we begin to die. We begin to age. That's just the nature of the beast. And that cannot be changed. You know, you, you can do what you want, try what you want, but that's not going to change. And then he talked about find the secret to happiness. Well, let's give you a clue here. We've already found it in Jesus Christ. That's the secret. We didn't find him. He found us. I mean, come on. We're, we were lost, but now we're found. We're blind, but now we see, right? Amen. And so, uh, and then the idea that we can become gods like that, again, this is, again, as old as the Garden of Eden, I'll become like God. I'll know things that only God knows or even things that he doesn't know. And the scary thing about this, James, is people take this guy seriously. And, you know, it is amazing. But what it's doing, though, to me, it's projecting what they would really like to see. In other words, we're going to get rid of God and we're going to become gods ourselves. We're going to run the universe. We're going to make our own decisions, meaning this. There's not a, a lawgiver we have to answer to someday. There's not a deity we have to stand before and give a, an account of our life. At the end of the day, isn't that what they're all about? <laughs> yeah, Don, and this is something that we have to talk about, about the last days, the end times. Yeah. There is going to be a general movement in that direction. There is yep. a disposition that is growing right now amongst men that says, if I remove God from the picture, then I also remove the accountability that goes with there being a God. Yep. The moral consciousness that has been implanted within us uh, by the Lord, the ability to be able to recognize and discern the difference between right or wrong, uh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit that is prominent in this world right now, uh, allowing people to know that what they're doing goes against their moral conscience because the Spirit of God is the one who places consciousness within man. Um, the fact that it's it's interesting, uh, the kind of conclusions that Yuval is coming to right now is based upon a premise that's very broken. See, his premise is God is the creator of those things which are organic, and we are greater than God because we're creating things that are virtual in nature. Well, the problem <laughs> with his statement is, yes, God created the hardware, but the most significant portion of God's creation is the software that got introduced within the hardware when God breathed into man life. And, and I think this is the part that he will not mention because it's the broken part of his argument. It's the dangerous part of his argument because what he is doing is making a very direct, concerted, calculated, and nefarious effort to remove God from the conversation because when God is removed from the conversation, accountability is removed, the desire to exercise based on moral consciousness is removed, and freedom to be able to do anything without limitation or boundary, the wise constraints that preserve and maintain the freedom of man, is completely removed. And you can usher in totalitarianism at that point, you can uh, usher in destruction, and anything else that goes with that. And this is what we're watching. It's the same enemy and the same tricks. Yeah, and, and you know too, James, in the book of Revelation, when the uh, people on the earth are called the earth dwellers, the pagans on the earth during this final seven-year period, they realize this is the wrath of the Lamb. What do they do? They shake their fist at him. That's right. You know, they they actually they, they say, "Look, uh, 
like like they, they, there's puny human beings think we can do something about it. We're going to, you know, they shake their fist at God. And I mean, it reminds me of the second psalm. It says, he who sits on the heavens will laugh. He will hold them in derision, you know, when the nations gather against him. And so this is, but this is the picture and this is this is the sad portrait that's here too. Look, we're we're going to become gods. We're we don't need you anymore. And how dare you mess up our world? So, uh, you know, again, not taking any personal responsibility, thinking that somehow life's it. As, as soon as they're done with life, there's no God to stand before, and that's what they don't want. Hebrews nine twenty seven pointed us once to die, then after that, the judgment. And it's so true. And the problem is, is if we remove the consciousness of God, we get to introduce any game that we want to play. This is why he's so excited about the idea of rewriting man's software through the implementation of virtual reality. And what he doesn't calculate, what he does not understand, what he can't seem to figure out is you cannot simply write consciousness out of nothing. You, what you're introducing is a construct of what God has already created within you, right? Mm -hmm. You can't replace or recreate DNA. You certainly cannot uh, give to somebody the ability to think or to have consciousness. Matter of fact, it's interesting how uh, right now they're in the process of making these brains. Literally, they're doing it. Yeah. They're making brains and they're referring to them as sentient projects. But what people don't realize is it can't be all that sentient if you do not have a consciousness that allows the kind of check marks to exist. And I can give you an example of this. If, if I am a young child and I do not understand the consequences of real life circumstances, God still has created within me as a child certain fears that help me preserve the barriers that would tend to, if removed, destroy me. So I can give you an example. Um, if I were to take my daughter to a higher uh, elevation portion of a building, and we were to kind of be able to look across the ledge to see the height, she would naturally be very fearful of how high she was. There would be a natural fear of heights. Why? God put that in her. She doesn't have the life experience to know that if you jump off that building, you're not gonna live. She doesn't have the life experience to know that she can't just simply crawl down the building, right? And especially if she's watching cartoons or whatever. So what did God do? God put a fear in her, a certain level of consciousness that is uh, directed through her emotions that create a restraint that keeps her from hurting herself. So when you talk about creating virtual reality that has no consciousness of emotion, does not experience uh, anything like that, you cannot call that um, the completion of that a function of that which is sentient. It doesn't work. It contradicts all that God has put together. And the fact is he's too short-sighted to see that. It reflects a lack of intelligence and a lack of ability to be able to recognize it because consciousness expressed by a man is not simply relegated to intelligence quotient. Intelligence quotient is also a variable that exists based on the level of consciousness that's driven by moral awareness. And this is a difficult thing to be able to establish with people. Yeah. Also too, James, remember the Bible talks about them having a depraved mind and their depraved mind really doesn't want to think this through, does it? It doesn't want to give all the, the variables. It just thinks, oh, we just go right ahead because that way my responsibility before some type of deity is not there and thinking everything's okay. 
but it's just self-deception. But that's the, you know, ba basically that's the whole thing. The last day, self people self-deceiving themselves, finding Antichrist, uh, God allows the deception to take place, sends them this strong delusion because they want to be deluded in the first place. And this is exactly where, where this guy's leading them. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I couldn't agree with you more. And I think these are the things that we have to be aware of. And perhaps what's even more remarkable than that is having this wonderful book given to us, the Bible, that gives us tremendous consciousness of what is right and wrong, even when our emotions tend to cloud what we perceive as being right or wrong, right? We're given that guiding light. We're given that book. And what's even more spectacular about that is that book tells us what's going to happen in the future, right? We don't know the things that are going to happen in the immediate moment, but we certainly know what the end game is going to be. And knowing that end game heavily regulates how we live our lives and how we behave. And I think that's very important because it's an anticipatory function that God has created in us with, that comes with the guidance of his word. Yeah, the Bible says uh, God's word is a lamp into our feet, right? A light into our path, because if without the light, where are we at, James? We're in yeah. darkness, right? <laughs> Real simple. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. And uh, I, I have to tell you, on a personal level, I am more thankful than I ever have been for the moral clarity that comes from knowing the word of God in this time and day, because yeah. we're living in a time and day right now. Listen, there are people that we know that actually believe themselves to be standing on good ground as proponents of the World Economic Forum, oh, yeah. as people who are starting the Christian, the Christian version of the Great Reset. Huh? Talk about an oxymoron. You are moving towards the economy of the Antichrist, but that's because you lost the guiding light that comes from the Word of God, and you have refused the wise constraints that continue to preserve and increase your freedom. You are walking into bondage, and that's the problem that we're facing in these in this day. Yeah, and the idea, of course, is well, we're going to bring the kingdom of God in ourselves, right? And there's oh. a, th that that doctrine there that somehow we're going to Christianize the world, we're going to pass Christian laws, and Christ, you know, we we set the table. He comes back when we've we've taken care of it all. When the Bible says just the opposite, it's going to get worse and worse and worse until the time of the end. And what do we see, James? It's getting worse and worse as we get closer to the end. And have we not learned our lesson from no. the flood? Have we not learned our lesson from <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah? Have we not learned our lesson from the Tower of Babel? Have we not learned our lesson from so many other circumstances, from the, from the northern kingdom to the southern kingdom, from the warnings of the prophets, from what had happened, the ebbs and the flows of what took place, all from the pre-exilic period to the post-exilic period? Have we not learned our lesson? And, and I think that's such an important thing. Don, I got to tell you, this is crazy. I cannot believe it. We're out of time already. Yeah, I we, see that. We have about a minute and a half left. I'm going to give you the last word as usual. Okay. Uh, I think all of us ought to take some time today and read the second Psalm, which says, Why do the heathens rage? Why do the nations imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth have set themselves up against the Lord and his anointed. And then it talks about the Lord in heaven will laugh. He'll hold them in derision. Well, that's what I think this World Economic Forum is. He's holding them in derision. They're setting themselves up against him. It's an anti-Christian organization, not a non-Christian, anti-Christian organization. And yet this is where history is going, we know, because that's where the Lord Jesus Christ has to break in. So none of this stuff is surprising to us. The good news is, like James says, we have the textbook. We have the guidebook, the instruction manual, the word of the living God. We follow it. And what do we find? There's one God and one way to get to the one God through the person of Jesus Christ. And that's the message we preach here on Countdown to Eternity. You can know today who you are. You can know why you're here. You can know what's going to happen to you when you die if you trust Christ as your Savior. And so everything we see just confirms what God is 
warned us about ahead of time. As the world is heading for the destruction, the Lord will intervene and set up his kingdom so the world doesn't destroy itself. But in the meantime, dark days ahead, but Christians are optimistic because we have been given the light of life. Amen and amen, bro. That is such an encouraging word. Uh, I cannot think of a more encouraging thing uh, to be thinking about in a time and a day like this. And folks, it is so true. We are in that moment, and uh, I'm inspired. Psalm 2, we're going to go revisit that. You know, I recently taught through that uh, for our men's study, and I think I'm going to teach through it again in light of the days in which we're living. Very, very important. So thank you for that, Don. And folks, we do sincerely hope you enjoyed listening and watching this as much as we've enjoyed making it. We want you to know that we love you, and we're very excited to be able to serve you and minister to you this way. Uh, on behalf of the great Don Stewart, this is James Cadiz. And we are truly grateful that you have joined us for another episode of Countdown to Eternity. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us for Countdown to Eternity with Pastors James Cadiz and Don Stewart. Did you know you can hear our program by podcast? It's available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also at CountdownToEternity.com. Countdown, the number two, Eternity.com. Don Stewart is an author. Some of his books include The Rapture, What Happens One Second After We Die, and Heaven. You can access all of them for free at educatingourworld.com. Again, educatingourworld.com. Pastor James also releases daily videos. Many of them relate to Bible prophecy. It's a good way to stay up to date with current events. Follow Countdown to Eternity, Educating Our World, and James Cadiz on Instagram and Facebook. And then subscribe to our YouTube channel at Calvary Chapel, Signal Hill. By the way, that's the place to go to watch the video version of Countdown to Eternity. It's on Rumble and YouTube. It's your generosity that helps us bring these shows to the radio and internet every week. So thank you for standing with us at a critical time in human history. Donations can be made at CountdownToEternity.com. That's all the time we have for today, but come back next week as we continue to Countdown to Eternity with James Cadiz and Don Stewart. This program is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Signal Hill.